You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. Housing promises to be the hot topic as MLAs head back to Victoria for the fall session of the BC Legislature. As Richard Zussman reports, with one year to go before the next provincial election, the government's agenda will be heavily focused on measures to tackle housing affordability. As politicians prepare to return to the people's house, the government promising people getting a house will be a bit easier. We know that people love living in our province. Uh, however, for too many people, the house prices and rents are pricing them out. On Tuesday, the fall legislative session begins, a crucial juncture with Premier David Eby a year on the job and a year left until the next provincial election. House Leader and Housing Minister Ravi Kalon says the priorities are clear. We're doing all the things that we can control, knowing that there are some market conditions that may be challenging. Housing legislation will include putting in upzoning rules for development, allowing secondary and basement suites across BC, and cracking down on enforcement around short-term rentals, including vacation properties. The time of talking is kind of past us. Uh, we now need to start taking action. And so I suspect uh, many communities will be happy, uh, and some communities may not be. The government is also promising new laws away from housing, expanding where open drug use is banned, enhancing the role of volunteers in wildfire fighting while improving access to supports, and changing the way international work credentialing is done. The official opposition wants to remind people, before looking at what the government promises to do next, look at what they've done in the past. We have the highest uh, uh, rents in all of Canada. We have the worst uh, housing affordability in North America amongst the highest gasoline prices. The makeup of the legislature has also changed. The Conservative Party of BC, an official party for the first time in more than 50 years. That happening after Bruce Bandman jumped ship from BC United. I'm not anticipating there's going to be a whole lot of uh, cooperation between us. But having said that, politics is politics. But when we set that aside, we're all people in there trying to do the best we can. But ultimately, whether the best politicians can do is good enough will be up to the voters to decide next fall. Richard Lisbon, Global News, Victoria. And Keith Baldry joins us in Victoria now with more on the fall session and how question period will mm -hmm. be changing. Keith? Yeah, big changes, as Richard just reported. The Conservatives, the new face in the crowd here for the first time in almost 30 years. Four political parties represented in the House. You have to go back to the early 90s when we had five on the chamber floor. Now we have four because, as he's, Richard mentioned, John Rustad and Bruce Banman, the new party in the House. They have official party status now. And because of that, they get to ask questions in question period on a daily basis. We haven't had that happen for quite a long time. And that will come at the expense of the BC United official opposition party. Here's how it's going to work. There are four parties. It's a 30-minute question period. The House leaders have got together and decided, even though the BC United Party did not want the Conservatives to ask a question every day, they wanted to sort of alternate with the Greens, uh, but it's going to go, BC United gets the first two questions and two supplements, then the BC Greens gets a question and a supplement, and then the BC Conservatives get a question and an additional one as well. So it's about four minutes each for the Conservatives and the BC Greens, about 22 minutes for the BC United. But we'll see how it shakes out. All the parties are promising to have tight, focused questions and tight, focused answers. I've heard that before. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but it's going to be an interesting dynamic to have four parties at play, considering two of the parties really have some significant difference between them, and that's the BC United and, of course, the BC mm -hmm. Conservatives. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for that, Keith.
Well, one measure being considered to ease the housing crisis in Vancouver could potentially change how many people view the city. Council taking a closer look at the view corridors that have been protected for more than 30 years. Aaron MacArthur joins us live with more on those so-called view cones and how they might disappear to make way for more density. Aaron. Yeah, Sophie, I mean, it really is a spectacular view, isn't it? What people don't often think about, though, is how much planning and engineering went into creating that view. Now, City Council seriously considering how we look at downtown and the North Shore beyond. The view is spectacular, and the downtown core was designed to keep it that way. All over the city, there are corridors to protect public views of the mountains and oceans. City Council set to vote on a motion to review those views and see if the city skyline needs modernization. So this is really just a review of all the existing view cones that we have here in Vancouver. And I think it's a responsible thing to do in the housing crisis that we're in. There are dozens of view cones scattered all over the city. According to Councillor Peter Meisner, the main panoramic ones will largely be left alone. Smaller, more obscure views could be taken away, though, including several driving view corridors. And I think that's a really outdated way to think about views in Vancouver. The ABC majority will pass the motion next week, arguing the cones have in some cases added to the housing crisis. Buildings have been reshaped to remove units to accommodate views, and other lots are being converted to strata instead of rental because of the restrictions. But there has been a quick response from former city planners, some of whom implemented the view cones decades ago, arguing developers could convert public views into private ones, making the city less affordable. The last review of view cones was completed in 2010. In the 13 years that have happened since that review, we have literal multiple crises facing our cities. So it's perfectly reasonable, I think, to say, what is the most important public interest now? Once the motion passes, staff will be asked to review the current array of view cones and report back to council. Uh, Aaron, as you pointed out, that's a beautiful view, and we often think the best view is of the North Shore Mountains looking north, but that's not all that's protected. No, it's funny. Most of the view cones actually do look north, as you mentioned, but there is one that looks south towards City Hall, Vancouver City Hall at the center of a view cone that looks south. And while that may have been an important uh, feature of the city when these view cones were created, certainly something that may need to change, especially considering the rapid transit line that's going to end up here at uh, Broadway and Canby. Certainly a lot more density needed on this part of the False Creek area. So something that uh, City Council might take a look at. I'm Back sure they will. All right, thanks for that. Aaron MacArthur reporting in Vancouver. The provincial government has unveiled its plans on how to keep traffic running smoothly on a route used by millions of people in and outside of the central Okanagan. The plan is for several sections of Highway 97, and it comes after a study revealed how the region's transportation system needs to develop to handle future population growth. One of the main focuses of the study, how to reduce congestion on the W.R. Bennett Bridge. The bridge itself in its current configuration has lots of capacity in it for many years to come. Um, the congestion we're seeing there is actually a result of the corridor leading up to it and the amount of intersections and traffic signals we have. So uh, a big focus of the study is how do we move traffic more efficiently? How do we ship more people into transit, move more people in less trips? 
there are a number of other improvements in the plan. The ministry hasn't said which will be prioritized. Engineering is underway to understand what needs to be built before construction can actually begin. BC Ferries is moving some of its community meetings from in-person to online after recent incidents of threatening and abusive behavior. As Kylie Stanton reports, a plan is underway to train the volunteer members in de-escalation. That's something ferry crews already get. It's been a long few months for ferry users. Between lengthy delays and constant cancellations, like some of the vessels, travelers seem to have hit their breaking point. The comment came from behind me in the audience. The incident occurred September 20th. During a meeting, Diana Mumford was chairing for the Southern Sunshine Coast Ferry Advisory Committee. In a letter to the chairs, BC Ferries shared its concern, writing, a member of the public uttered a threat to the effect that if BC Ferries didn't make changes, the individual would, quote, take a gun to everyone. It's unfortunate because I think it shows the level of frustration of our community. Both the RCMP and BC Ferries security personnel are now reviewing the situation. In the meantime, out of precaution, the Ferry Corporation has moved all future meetings online. In a statement, it said, BC Ferries is resolute in enforcing a zero-tolerance policy for abusive behaviour. The safety of our staff and community is always a top priority. It's a bit of a double standard. But the union that represents those on the front lines is calling out the employer, saying the aggressive and often threatening behaviour is at an all-time high, and its members have no choice but to face it every day, head on. We'll have things shouted at employees, you know, I, hate you get, I hope you get cancer and die. But until the, the marine highway starts acting like a marine highway, um, people are, are going to be upset. There's concern without the face-to-face -face interactions, the issues plaguing so many ferry-reliant communities will never get resolved, only further fueling the frustration. The public doesn't have an opportunity to actually talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. Um, to, to be able to feel like they're being heard. BC Ferries will be meeting with advisory committee chairs to look for ways to create a peaceful setting during meetings. But Mumford says the best way to achieve that is by fixing the ferry system itself. You have no dependability, no reassurance that that sailing is going to go. Our ferries are our road. It's our lives. Kylie Stanton, Global News reclaiming their history and what's rightfully theirs. Welcome home, dear ancestor. It's been a journey. The joyous return of a long-lost totem pole and an important step in the journey of reconciliation. That's in just over a minute. The controversy over a plan to cull a species of deer on Sydney Island and why proponents say the survival of the island depends on it. Plus... Our first line of defense remains a vaccine. Concerns about growing vaccine fatigue as we enter into cold and flu season and what experts say is key to boosting the uptake. First, though, on the eve of the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, an historic and emotional day today in northwestern B.C. as the Nishka First Nation welcomed home a part of its history. As Krista Dow reports, a totem pole that's been in a Scottish museum for nearly a century is back where it belongs. It is a homecoming nearly a century in the making. 
members of the Niska First Nation celebrating the return of a memorial totem pole. The sacred totem being blessed with song and dance. Welcome home, dear ancestor. It's been a journey. Samalget Nishjal and his family emotional as one of their ancestors finally returns home. Coming back on Niska lands, I was telling them that they are home now. The nation calling this a rematriation, which honors the nation's matrilineal heritage, carrying with it deeper significance about the return of their ancestral grandmother's spirit. And I think uh, the generations of beautiful women that you see standing here beside me. Last month, a Niska delegation traveled to Edinburgh to prepare the pole for its voyage back to BC was carefully loaded into a Canadian military aircraft and then transported by a procession into the First Nation. We had to get her back on on home soil. Just going over there, we can feel her, the sense of her. The Nishjal Memorial Pole was commissioned to honor a fallen warrior. The nation says the pole was stolen decades later in 1929. During the time when people were out harvesting salmon for the summer, preparing their food resources that they would need for the fall and the winter, is when Marius Barbeau traveled up here to the north and took the poles from the valley. The nation calls this meaningful action and a reminder of how to move forward. And it marks the beginning of true reconciliation when it comes to um, bringing our ancestors home, bringing home our um, artifacts that were taken without consent. The poll will be raised at a later date, with elders saying their ancestral grandmother will finally be at peace after 94 years of unrest. There are several other totem poles that were taken from Niska lands and remain in museums right around the world, including in France, Germany and Britain. The Niska nation says those countries now on notice with plans to eventually bring those totem poles back home. In Lakotsap, Krista Dow, Global News. And here are some of the Truth and Reconciliation Day events planned for across B.C. tomorrow. An Orange Shirt Day walk in East Vancouver will begin at the Aboriginal Community Policing Centre at 9 a.m. In White Rock, the Semiamu First Nation will host their annual walk at 11 a.m. beginning in Semiamu Park. The Songhees First Nation will hold a powwow in Victoria at Royal Athletic Park at 10 a.m. In Prince George, the Clay Clay Tenay First Nation is hosting a walk and talk at the Canada Games Plaza at 10 a.m. And the Silix Okanagan Nation in Penticton is holding a two-kilometer walk, leaving the Safeway parking lot at 10 a.m. Coming up, the last day for a popular driving range on the North Shore. Stop to see it go. Why it's shutting down and what they're teeing up for next. Plus, the fight to save a soccer field and how proponents have won a temporary reprieve. Traffic is steady in both directions over here tonight at the Patello Bridge, but there is plenty of construction at the north and south end, and that's ongoing 24-7. Through Kermac Cares for Kids, expert care for your vehicle helps provide expert care for kids. Kermac is celebrating 50 years of collision and auto glass services. Choose the best. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One over at the Patello Bridge.
Well, as the saying goes, when one door closes, another one opens. But in this case, it's sports facilities. A popular driving range in North Vancouver is shutting down, clearing the way for young athletes to kick up a new passion. Catherine Urquhart reports. At Takaya Driving Range in North Vancouver, it was a last chance to hit some balls. After 31 years, Slaywa Tooth Nation is closing its popular golf facility. It's going to be missed, and uh, I've enjoyed it here over the years. It's like going on like 15 years now. It kind of sucks to see it go. Soon the nation is teeing up a new venture, switching from golf balls to primarily soccer balls. It's a sports field and it's something that our members have uh, been asking for and we've been thinking about it for 45 years. The plan is focused on promoting healthy lifestyles, as did the range for more than three decades. The sports field will be open to the public as early as next summer. Sport has been a, uh, a very critical aspect in, in um, Slowtooth Nation. We had a, a number of successful athletes, uh, you know, many decades uh, in the making, and we still continue to see that uh, increase. And so for us, uh, we believe sport is medicine. Slaywoodtooth Nation driving forward with new ideas. On this, the eve of Truth and Reconciliation Day. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. An elementary school field in East Vancouver has been saved from redevelopment for now. The Vancouver School Board is suspending the engagement process for the subdivision of the field at Graham Bruce Elementary. In May, parents learned the VSB was planning to sell or lease a strip of the field to help pay for other projects. This morning, parents traveled by school bus to the VSB offices, delivering petitions with more than 2,000 signatures and thank you cards for keeping the green space. We're thanking them for their decision to suspend the closure process and disposition process, but we, we still want to engage and we still need transparent planning and we need to work together with the trustees. I give a lot of credit to the school board as well and because, uh, you know, often we don't listen, people don't listen. And uh, in this case, people listen, so that's good news. In June, neighbors held a day of sports and live music to show just how valuable that field is to kids in the community. Coming up, the invasive species threatening Sydney Island. Parks Canada says they have a mandate to try to control invasive species in national parks. The deer doing extensive damage to the ecosystem and the controversial plan to get rid of them. Also ahead, the U.S. edges closer to a government shutdown, the impasse in Congress and the impact on Americans. Traffic is in good shape in both directions over here tonight at the Alex Fraser Bridge. Just some leftover volume eastbound along the east-west connector between Knight and the S-curve. Contact Kermac for expert windshield repair and replacement services while supporting Kermac Cares for Kids. Kermac is celebrating 30 years of collision and auto glass services, and that's no accident. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge. BCRCMP have released the details of the regimental funeral for Constable Rick O'Brien, who was killed in the line of duty last week. The funeral will take place on Wednesday, October 4th, 
at the Langley Event Center. It'll begin at 1245 with a procession of police officers and other first responders. O'Brien was fatally shot September 22nd while police were executing a search warrant at a home in Coquitlam in relation to a drug investigation. Global News will carry the entire funeral live on BC1 and on YouTube. Parks Canada says the ecosystem of a small island near Victoria is under serious threat. The cause? Hundreds of invasive deer eating vegetation that other wildlife relies on. While property owners have voted in favour of culling the animals, many residents are against it and want clarity from the government before any shots are fired. Paul Johnson reports. So we have ocean spray, salal, native roses. Pointing out the native plants they're trying to restore. Inside this fence is what Sydney Island used to look like. Outside, you see the result of decades of feeding by non-native fallow deer. Later this fall, Parks Canada will launch a project to kill hundreds of them. Some of them shot by marksmen from helicopters. It's a controversial plan that's divided this island community. So this is the national park on Sydney Island. This is where the government is concerned about the vegetation. But most of the island is actually privately owned, and that's where the deer tend to hang out. So that's where the hunting will happen. I think we've been quite hoodwinked, in fact. I don't think we've been told the truth about uh, what Parks Canada was planning to do. While residents here narrowly passed a vote approving the plan, as aerial shooting is set to take place in close proximity to their homes, some tell us they haven't been properly informed about details they consider crucial. Should you stay inside when this is going on? We don't know. Islander Rob Milne says he shares the goal of restoring native plants, but thinks existing efforts to reduce the deer population have been working and shooting them from choppers is too extreme. It seems very inhumane. If a deer is wounded, how will they ever find it? But Parks Canada says their plan is to do it humanely, with oversight from the SPCA and with qualified marksmen. And residents will get adequate warnings on shoot days. That's going to include text message. We're going to be emailing them. We're also going to be posting public notices. We'll be hosting webinars. And also for those residents who will be staying on island during the, the eradication, we'll be reaching out and communicating with them directly. While local First Nations are in support, many non-islanders are not. A change.org petition against the deer kill now has more than 18,000 signatures. On Sydney Island, Paul Johnson, Global News. The clock is ticking in Washington as members of Congress still can't agree on a new spending plan. Without one, the U.S. government will shut down as of midnight Saturday. Jennifer Johnson has more on the potential impact and who will be affected. From the White House to small-town businesses, millions of Americans are begging Congress not to shut down the government. We just wonder what, what's going to happen and where your money is going to come from. If no deal is reached, millions of federal workers and contractors will be immediately furloughed as of midnight Saturday. And history has shown when people don't get a paycheck, they cut back on shopping, eating out and traveling, affecting businesses across the country. But members of Congress still get paid. I would just ask them to imagine uh, payday, but no paycheck. I would ask them to imagine and put themselves in the exact same position that federal employees are in. 
The last government shutdown at the end of 2018 cost the U.S. economy $11 billion and literally brought the airline industry to a halt. Air traffic controllers and TSA agents have to report to work unpaid. The last time this happened, many called in sick or quit after finding new jobs. The consequences would be disruptive and dangerous. A small group of Republican hardliners wants to slash the budgets of several social programs and the Department of Defense, creating this chaos. Voters are fed up. I get frustrated that they don't come here and get their job done. We wouldn't be allowed to do that in any of our jobs. If the shutdown happens, the ripple effects are wide-reaching. Federal small business loans won't get processed. New drugs won't be approved. Federal parks and museums will close, and the IRS can't process tax returns. U.S. soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines will also work without pay. People that have millions of dollars sitting in our bank account, we're normal people who really, really need paid, and it's not fair. Hardworking people whose lives are now in the hands of a small group in Congress who so far is not budging on its demands. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. As the provincial government prepares to roll out new flu and COVID vaccines, a new poll has some information on how British Columbians feel about getting jabbed again. As Janet Brown reports, it indicates that health officials might have some work to do to get the majority of people back into the pharmacies. I don't know. I'm unsure about it all. Are you? Yeah. You're not sure if you're going to get one? Pretty sure I'm not. As the province gets ready to begin its annual immunization program, a survey on behalf of the Canadian Pharmacists Association shows about half of British Columbians are feeling vaccine fatigue, which may prevent some from getting COVID-19 or flu shots. 29% say they don't plan to get the flu shot, and 35% say they won't get the COVID-19 vaccine this fall. Definitely we've been through the pandemic in the past two to three years, and a lot of people are getting a bit tired with the vaccines. I think about half of British Columbians are getting a bit of vaccine fatigue right now. I mean, I'm dealing with COVID fatigue in the sense that like people keep talking about COVID, right? It's kind of over now. I want to get the flu shots and the boost shot, what we call that, COVID shot. The survey comes as health officials are urging British Columbians to get their flu and COVID-19 vaccines with the fall respiratory illness season around the corner. So this is the best protection that we have that will keep us from getting sick during this next few months and continue to boost that protection we have uh, for long-term um, protection against severe disease. Other health professionals say with COVID-19 infections starting to rise again, it is crucial to take measures now to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Let's make our case. The half of the population that are telling us they're going to get the vaccine, let's make it easy for them. The other half, let's try and convince them to join the rest of us. As long as it is safe and it's protecting us, I think I'm good. They give you that little bit of immunity which can help. So it's better to just trust in the system. We need and we want everyone when they're, they're invited to do so to get vaccinated. Vaccines for both the flu and COVID-19 will be free for anyone over the age of six months and offered at many pharmacies and clinics. Janet Brown, Global News. 
An Abbotsford dentist has been suspended for a second time. It follows an investigation after two patients complained to the British Columbia College of Oral Health Professionals. A discipline hearing was cancelled after Kyle Narot admitted to professional misconduct, which included treatment that fell below expected standards, billing for treatment not supported by records, providing treatment without sufficient consent. He also admitted to breaching a 2020 consent order when he was suspended for nine months. Narat is suspended from practice for 12 months now, beginning October 1st. He must pay a fine of $6,000 and another $4,000 to cover the cost of the investigation. Up next, a state of emergency in the Big Apple. Oh my God. New York City inundated by heavy rain and a warning for the locals. Plus, there's no place like home. The road-weary Whitecaps return from their long trip away. A state of emergency has been declared in New York City as heavy rain and flash floods are inundating roads and subway systems. The U.S. National Weather Service issued a flash flood warning Friday for Manhattan, Brooklyn and Queens as the state is hit by the remnants of tropical storm Ophelia. State officials are asking residents to stay home if possible, warning the flooding can be deadly if not taken seriously. Meteorologists estimate roughly 200 millimeters of rain has fallen already and more is expected. That's a good uh, warning, Sophie. Yeah. That, that water can be deadly because a, a lot of people don't uh, really realize the power of water. I've seen so many people make mm. mistakes by going into flooding water. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's falling that fast and in, in such a short period of time. Beautiful fall colors mm -hmm. behind you. Mm -hmm. I thought we'd start off with this gorgeous shot. Yes, the fall colors, the blue sky. Love that shot. Um, we need rainfall. We, need, we all know that. Um, and we've had some improvement for the forest fires as well as the drought, but uh, we need more rainfall. And, and so we're going to look at the long-range forecast right now, starting off with the ridge of high pressure that we're going to see this weekend. Now, not all areas will be dry all weekend, but majority of the areas will. And I'll have more details on that as well in a second. But uh, we've got a bit of a dip, but otherwise the long-range forecast is showing a ridge of high pressure again. Good news for anyone that loves the sunshine, certainly, but we need the rainfall. And so this long-range forecast over the next six to seven days, anyways, is not showing much rainfall. So the potential is there that we'll see some rainfall Monday, Tuesday. That looks to be the case for those of you in the interior, but then we come out of it and back to dry weather. However, for those of you in the northern portions of the province, that includes the North Coast as well as Prince George highlighted here, it looks like we could see a longer period of rainfall. So we're talking about Sunday and into the early parts of next week. So we're really keeping our fingers crossed that that's the case because those areas have actually seen an increase in the uh, drought rating there. They've actually seen an increase to a level five. Uh, southeastern corner of the province expecting periods of rain. If you're traveling to Alberta, expect snowfall in the foothills. That will clear out late in the day on Saturday and then this system drives into the north coast region on Sunday and that's the region uh, that will see the moisture as we head through the next several days so Sunday Monday Tuesday and Wednesday in the meantime Saturday sunshine for the
that area. Southeastern corner periods of rain, sunshine for the rest of the province. So a pleasant fall weekend for everyone to be able to get out there and enjoy. It looks like though the Monday is when we're expecting periods of rain for the south coast. So uh, Monday periods of rain, it's a little iffy as to whether we'll see it on Tuesday and Wednesday. So we'll refine that forecast over the next couple of days, but at least a bit of rainfall in store for us on that Monday. All right, tonight's central windows weather window comes to you from Vancouver. Blaine Barden sending us this. This is actually from a couple of days ago, but I thought it was such a stellar shot. This is as the sun was setting, different layers of clouds there. Pretty beautiful. Magical. So thank you. Thank you, Christy. Mm -hmm. All right, Squire is here and you're in a gleeful kind of mood. Our director mentioned I'm it. I'm a happy guy. Yeah, you seem like it's it. Right? I'm a happy guy. Yeah, it's Friday. That's right. Well, that's not the only reason. Um, the Whitecaps are finally done their seven-game road trip. I think it shows on everybody's face, um, especially in the last match. Yeah, I guess so. But there's no time to rest because they'll play at home tomorrow against DC United. Also tonight... Is that Star Trek? Did you choose this for me? It is, yes. Oh, you're the best. Satellite debris is still to come. Wait for the Star Trek satellite to breathe. So Just excited. for you. Thank That's you. why I was smiling. Thank you. Because I knew you'd like it. <laughs> but first, let's do some sports. Because uh, the Canucks, they got some good news today. Spencer Martin is no longer theirs. He was claimed on waivers by the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know that sounds terrible, that they're happy he's gone. But it does thin out the amount of goalies Vancouver has. And it makes Archer Silov's or Shilovs, the main man in Abbotsford, which should help his development a lot. And quite frankly, for Spencer Martin, this is great too, because he was really no longer in Vancouver's thoughts as a guy who would be a future backup, as he was last year, the backup to Thatcher Demko. Last night, the Canucks were in Seattle, and they got one goal, and this is it. I'll show it to you. Connor Garland from Pew Suter. Anthony Beauvillier started that play. But this was the only goal, as they said, Vancouver would get against the Kraken. Canucks still haven't won a preseason game. Ellie Tolvanen with a power play goal here. As Rick Tockett wasn't all that happy with his team's grit last night. And this is a bad penalty kill. Sheldon Dries doesn't have a stick. Anyways, this is what Tockett had to say. we got to be grittier on the walls to win those battles. I mean, you know, guys like, you know, Tanif, he's not a big guy, but he wins a lot of battles. So we need a little more effort uh, compete. I know it's early, but that's the message. And a couple of guys, I think, I don't want to say they're out of shape, but the pace of it um, maybe was a little too fast. So it's a learning lesson. Not being in shape will make you a person who will spend a lot of time in the doghouse of Rick Tockett. The uh, BC Lions can clinch a home playoff game if they win tonight at BC Place against Saskatchewan. And on paper, this looks very plausible. The Lions have won three in a row. Saskatchewan has been having a rough ride of it of late, and especially on the road. They are two and five away from Regina. But a win will also keep the Lions in the running for first place in the West. They're tied with Winnipeg, but they do have a game against the Blue Bombers coming up on October the 6th. You get to have it in your own hands. You get to control your own destiny. And, you know, when we looked at the schedule and um, four of our out of our last five games are against the West. So, you know, we're playing. We just played Edmonton, but we're going to play the other three coming up here plus Hamilton. So it's exciting for everybody. It's exciting for the fans. And, you know, and like I said, it's good for the teams because they get, get to control their own destiny. 
If you think traveling for work is glamorous, you obviously don't work for the Vancouver Whitecaps. They were just put through a 41-day, seven-game road trip. It was like the MLS was punishing them for some transgression we don't know about. But they barely had time to unpack, do laundry, and reintroduce themselves to friends and family because they play tomorrow at BC Place against DC United. And this game, like all the ones down the stretch, have big-time playoff implications. A, a tired game, really. You know, you go out there with the best intentions as football players to do the right thing, and you can't quite deliver the way that you hoped. The last time we checked, no team in MLS had just finished a stretch of seven straight road games over a six-week span. The Whitecaps got through it, but they are running on fumes after their most hectic schedule in franchise history. Uh, it was really hard, really hard, really demanding, physically and mentally. I think it shows on everybody's face, um, especially in the last match, um, how much a toll uh, seven games can uh, take on you. Yeah, definitely happy to sleep in my own bed and get uh, nice and recovered. Other than fatigue, the Caps have come through it remarkably healthy. All of their top players will be available for Saturday's match versus DC United, Vancouver's first home match since August 20th. Being away for a long time makes you really crave being back in your environment and back at home. So we're looking forward to the fans being there behind us for the, the 90 plus minutes. Um, uh, it's going to be a special one for sure. The Caps are well positioned, currently sixth in the West, but only three points out of second. Vancouver has shown an ability to play its best when they've absolutely needed a win. That's not necessarily the case right now, but Vanny Sartini wants to see that killer instinct sooner rather than later. It's the next step in terms of maturity of the team. We always show that we can be good in the big games. We need to treat every game like it's a big game. And this is the differences between the good team, like we've been so far, and the very good team. Uh, I think we always know how to bounce back, and I hope that we can be like that tomorrow. Uh, everyone is now tight in our conference. Like There are like 10 teams that can go, and everybody's close. So. Yeah, we just need to focus on our games, especially at home, because it, we know how much it means. It's not a done deal, but the Blue Jays are pretty much in the playoffs. Magic number is two. Taking on the Rays tonight, whom they may face in the playoffs. Alejandro Kirk up the middle. Guerrero Bichette scoring. It's 11-4 in the eighth for Toronto. Ryder Cup is in Italy this year. Europe against the United States. Have you played golf there? Mm, no. Oh. I have not, but I've seen golf played there oh well i'm showing you it again exactly. this is also golf being played there and that's uh john rom knocking one in for an eagle and uh, europe is up six and a half to one and a half over the americans after day number one there you go all right we have satellite debris coming up stay with us Jordan Armstrong here now with a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jordan? Sophie, the trucking company responsible for the latest overpass collision in Metro Vancouver is back in business. Whistler Courier and Freightways had its license suspended after one of its vehicles slammed into the Main Street overpass in North Vancouver on September 19th. When police arrived, the driver was nowhere to be found. At 11, we'll tell you how much the company has been fined and why the Ministry of Transportation agreed to reinstate its license. Sophie. Hmm. All right. Thanks for that, Jordan. Looking forward to it. 
Okay, it's Friday. Yes. Okay. Um, and we have a special commercial just for me. Well, we do, because I know you're a huge Star Trek fan. I don't know if huge is entirely accurate, okay. but I like you're the program. You're a relatively huge Star <laughs> Trek fan. Okay. <laughs> you're a Trekkie, kind yeah, of. I am. Anyway, this is uh, in conjunction with British Airways and I think Paramount Plus, but there's two from British Airways here, so back to back. Excuse me, sir. Can you tell me where we'd find the transport to Starbase One, Flight 1701? a British accent. It's lush. It's very posh. Would you like a cup of tea, sir? Oh, yes, yeah, a spot of tea and a crumpet. Oh, jolly good, darling. With the way they say, water. Bottle of water. Hi, sir, would you like a bottle of water? Water. 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 Isn't that how you say it? It says something about the person, that, where they're from immediately. Birmingham. Dudley. Guildford. Liverpool. Yorkshire. Scottish Highlands. Glasgow. Essex, obviously. <laughs> There you go. Wah-ah. Wah-ah. <laughs> I have been to a Star Trek convention once, by the way. Oh. Just, then you, you are a huge uh, Star Trek fan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, uh, M&M's and Yellowwood. You'll find out what that means. Okay, everyone, meet my boyfriend, Jake. What's up, everyone? Wow. What is all over your feet? Oh, your flowers. I study botany, so... Oh, you're a plant guy. Resting dad face back there likes plants, too. Grab some pruners. Let's prune. yellow tag you don't want it okay so were the they stealing the stuff i couldn't figure it out i, I think they maybe they're trading they... it out so you get the better stuff or they're gonna treat it uh... or something yeah i just got so hooked in the fact that the animals were stealing the furniture i didn't know why they were doing it either <laughs> uh but here uh this one i've shown before it's a good old favorite from sainsbury and also one from king's hawaiian buns So if you 
were cooking dinner, what would you do? How would you do it differently? If I was in charge of dinner, I would make... I would make a whole steak dinner. What about picnic for dinner? No, I'll try it to rock it, then put custard cream over it, then put noodles on. So we could fly up to the moon and eat the cheese moon. <laughs> My favourite food is spaghetti bolognese. You know the stuff that goes with the spaghetti bolognese, not the spaghetti, the green bits. No, no, no. And then you put onions and and uh, big, big mushrooms in. I don't like spicy stuff. I love spicy stuff, but they make me really crazy. That's it done. That sounds like the goodest one ever. I would cook it for my whole family. I told her not to eat the King's Hawaiian. These were for the party. Oh, he did it again. Daddy, find them here. Irresistible King's Hawaiian Bread in the deli or in-store bakery. I've never heard of those either. There, I've seen them at my supermarket, oh, but I've never tried them. Never I hear they're really good. But, I, but the, well, the baby liked them. But that kid in the previous commercial when he said, spicy food makes me crazy. Yeah, me too, kiddo. <laughs> yeah, I know what he means. <laughs> he got that from his mom. <laughs> All right, Christy, a final word on the weather for the weekend. Okay, so we've got great weather on the way for the weekend. So 16 to 19 degrees is pretty nice. We are expecting rainfall on Monday. That's what we need, as we well know. That chance of showers Tuesday, Wednesday is still a little uncertain. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us tonight. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good night, all.